Sawbones is a show about medical history, and nothing the hosts say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. It's for fun. Can't you just have fun for an hour and not try to diagnose your mystery boil? We think you've earned it. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy a moment of distraction from that weird growth. You're worth it. All right. Tommy is about some books. One, two, one, two, three, four. Welcome to Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. I'm your co-host, Justin McElroy. And I'm Sydney McElroy. Welcome home, sweetie. Thanks, You just got in, from, got in from work. I know. A long, Glad to see you. A long day at the office, and um, I, there was kind of something I wanted to talk to you about. Tell me anything. Well, I on my way up, I I noticed in the living room, um, there's a there seems to be a new uh, piece of art, as it were. Yes, yes, the, uh, yes. What do you think? What, um, I, well, uh, when, wh- why, when, how did that happen? Well. Where did it come from? It's a, well, it is a, a professional portrait, a painted oil snatch. Right, I noticed it was, it was, I, I that's you, right? That is that's, me, that's that is me. Mostly you. Yes, I felt like we didn't have enough stately art around the house, so I commissioned a portrait of myself uh, to to us, well, us, to hang in the home. Well, now when you say us, yes. Um, let me just clarify: Am I that small figure that you can kind of see in the doorway in the background of the painting? The one looking at me adoringly, yes. Right, the one As if to say with eyes that seem to say my hero. The one who appears to, I think, only be wearing an apron and high heels. That's correct. That is, yes, that is you. I think it's a wonderful likeness. Yeah, I, well, I will say it's flattering. Thank you. I didn't do the portrait, but I'm, I'm, I'm glad you approve of the art. Now, a quick question. Um, I wasn't sure if it was you. I think in the painting... You have a, a mustache? I am. I did give myself a mustache as part of the commission. I also requested that I be wearing an ascot and a smoking jacket. I did want sort of a more grown-up look, I guess, sort of something a little more stately. And I want something that's going to last long-term, and I do feel like the mustache will be a natural sort of evolution as I get older. Uh, right. And uh, I- am I right in that you're holding an autograph photo of Michael Jordan that says to my good friend Hoops? To my good friend Hoops. That's that's correct. That was also a little bit of artistic embellishment. I'm so glad you uh, you enjoy it. Uh, uh, I'm I'm uh, I'm glad that you think it's a great addition to the house. Well, I, I, I mean, it. yes, it definitely adds something that wasn't there before. A painting. Uh huh. Um. How much did this 
cost? Ooh, art, art and finance, the old I, question. Because I mean, it's pretty large. Is, can you put a dollar and, value? Yes, no, there's definitely a dollar value that I'm seeking here. What I mean, because I mean, even the frame looks really nice. It is. I mean, a, not that I know anything about frames, but it just. It's Mayflower uh, wood. It's made from wood. They, they said from the Mayflower. Wood from the Mayflower is the what the frame is made out of. Like the the boat that the Pilgrims came on. I can't tell you how much it cost. You can't. You can't or you won't. What is the... I can't tell you because it has just occurred to me that I ordered a very specific commissioned painting of us while sleepwalking. It This just occurred to you? I just remembered that I was sleepwalking when the order went through. Hold on, you remembered that you were sleepwalking? I just remembered sleepwalking and ordering this very specific commission portrait of myself wearing an ascot and a smoking jacket with a mustache and a signed picture of myself that uh, autographed to me from Michael Jordan that says to my dear friend Hoops. Right, and me in the background in an apron. Correct, that is you. Okay, but you so you do remember that, but you don't remember how much it cost. It's funny, isn't it? You know, you never know what's going to get lost. But yes, I was sleepwalking. Okay. So that is my excuse. Well, um, that's a terrible excuse. Okay, all right, uh, fair enough. Because, uh, one, I don't believe you. <laughs> As well, you should not. That is good. That's good instinct. Lean into that. Two, that's not really how sleepwalking works. Okay, well, how um, well, how does that work? Well, You're so smart. Well, maybe I should tell you some about sleepwalking. Yeah, absolutely. Hit me. I'm ready. I, I will. And I'd like to say thank you to Janine who recommended this topic for us. Uh, thank you, Janine. You're the tops. So, first of all, since it seems that you don't know what sleepwalking is. I, well, I'm, as a sufferer, uh, I feel like I should know. As a one-time only sufferer. It comes and goes, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah. So, sleepwalking is also called um, somnambulism. Somnambulism? 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 And you can probably piece that together, like... Psalm, like sleep, like somnolence, you know, amble. and then amble, like walk, walking in your sleep. I'm with There's you. There's some Latin there for you. I love it. Um, so if you ever hear that, you can use that word and impress your friends. And it is one of the parasomnias, so one of the sleep disorders. Okay. Um, now, it's sim- in the simplest explanation is that it's getting up and moving around while you're asleep. Okay. Which you could probably piece together. If that was a multiple choice answer on a test, hopefully you get it right. I we are still on sort of the base level of awareness of sleepwalking right now. <laughs> I don't even feel like the deep dive is truly beginning. No, no. It's, so let me give you some, some things about it. So it's not just as simple as you did something in your sleep. It usually happens in the first third of the night, and it's in your deepest stage of sleep. This is important because this is different than like REM sleep when you're dreaming. That isn't the deepest stage? No. No. Uh, REM sleep is a, is actually a much lighter stage of sleep. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. And there is a disorder, REM sleep disorder, where you're not, um, you should be paralyzed 
while you're asleep, sort of, so to speak. I mean, you're not literally paralyzed, but you can't move while you're um, in REM sleep, while you're dreaming. And that prevents you from acting out your dreams. Mm -hmm. And there is a sleep disorder that makes you, you know, your body doesn't work right and you act out your dreams. That's not what sleepwalking is. Okay. Sleepwalking happens in the deepest stages of sleep. Um, It usually lasts about five to 15 minutes, although episodes can last up to an hour. And very importantly, uh, the sleepwalker is unresponsive during the episode and has no memory of it afterward. You know what? I in ordering a commissioned portrait of myself in oil with Mayflower wood frame, I was acting out my dreams, to be fair. <laughs> so maybe I was doing the other thing. Oh, so you think you have the other thing now. I think maybe yeah. the other thing is the I, thing that I have. A lot, whether or not one could perform such a complex action, I think is up for debate. Um, but uh, either way, I still don't believe you. That's fair, it's completely fair. Now. While sleepwalking can just be a genetic condition, it can also, it happens to more people than you'd think because it can be brought on by stress, illness, um, sleep deprivation. So if you go a couple nights without sleeping, um, pregnancy. Ah. Yeah. So keep an eye on you. Have you noticed? Have I wandered about at all? Only to pee. Oh, that's not, I'm awake. Okay, good. (laughs) I am unfortunately awake every one of those times. Okay. Um, Alcohol can bring this on Mm -hmm. and some drugs most notably uh ambien dad (laughs) that's right your dad i think what did he buy some jolly pirate donuts and bought jolly pirate drove around or something and then did not recall doing so yeah so and and i think a lot of us have heard those horror stories of people on ambien and drugs like like such a horror story you get home hey free donuts yeah well i mean that one ended (laughs) happily it could have broken much worse i i i admit but it's much more common in children. Mm-hmm. Uh, it usually peaks at about age 12, and then a, lo- a lot of people grow out of it. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. Uh, but up to 30% of kids have at least one event of sleepwalking. That's wild. Isn't that, isn't that crazy? That doesn't... Oh, no, okay, science. At least 30% of kids snuck down to the kitchen to get a cookie <laughs> and try to pull a fast one. Like, I, let's not go crazy here. I think that's a Justin statistic there. No, I... I think Justin snuck down to the kitchen 30% of the time to get a cookie. 30% of nights, <laughs> I went downstairs to get a cookie. I never snuck downstairs to get a cookie. You went to get, like, broccoli and stuff. You're so healthy. <laughs> um, only 1% to 5%, somewhere in that range, of children actually have sleepwalking disorder. Mm-hmm. And when we go up to adults... Um, between one and seven percent of adults have episodes, but only 0.5 percent of adults have the disorder. What's the difference? I mean, if you're having the episodes, when I mean, aren't you, don't you have the disorder? Well, if no, because it depends on why you're having the episodes mm. and how many you have, and and the you know nature of them. So if if you get super drunk a lot, and a couple times when you've been super drunk, you you know walked around in your sleep, that's not really sleepwalking disorder. Okay, that is another problem. That is another thing we call alcoholism. Please talk to your family. Alcoholism? Alcoholism. Alcoholism is you you are too base. (laughs) That's when you need to get some lemon juice up in there. Yeah, you need to introduce acid into your diet because you're basically all baking soda. So let's talk about kind of the history of sleepwalking. Take me all so now way, you know what it is. Take me all the way back, Sid. Okay. To the very beginning of sleepwalking treatment. This isn't very long ago. Oh, really? So this is the interesting thing. Unlike a lot of disorders, sleepwalking, while we've known about it for a super long time, and we've been writing about people who, you know, 
were sleepwalkers for a long time, uh, it wasn't really regarded as any kind of disorder hmm. for the most part. Um, so it wasn't anything that was written about in a medical way for most of history. Uh, for instance, Hippocrates talked about it, like noted that there were some people who did this, but that was kind of the end of it. Right. Um, Galen wrote about it. Um, Diogenes was known to be a sleepwalker, and he wrote about some of his own experiences with it but it wasn't in any way to kind of to try to explore why it happened or what the medical basis was for it it was just kind of hey isn't this crazy this happened it's weird right it was in that eye opener section of the newspaper you know well back in olden times you there weren't that many ways you could like bad things couldn't happen to you though like there weren't cars we didn't have cranes that you could operate. <laughs> like there was nothing that could happen. Is that what you think? People who are the worst case scenario back operate then, a like, crane. You fall on a spear, maybe. Like there would be a spear that you get a hold of. Like that's it. That's all they had to worry about. You'd wander into the place where they keep the bears that they were going to battle in bear baiting the next day. Wait, where is this? What point in history yield, are, yield. is there the place where we keep the bears? Well, okay, if you're going to do bear baiting, like you would probably have to keep them somewhere before. You don't just like plan a bear baiting for the next day and then hope that you're going to find a bear. You probably get the bear first. <laughs> I don't know about this history of bear baiting. You're going to have to fill me in on this someday. On next week's episode of Sawbones, <laughs> bear baiting. What's up with that? A Justin McElroy special investigation. How sweet was bear baiting? It wasn't. It's was very sad. It sounds sad. But it is how we got teddy bears. Did you know that? No. I don't yeah. know any of... I don't know what you're Theodore talking Roosevelt about. wouldn't shoot the bear. Oh. Yeah. And so... So they... they Theodore Roosevelt saw wouldn't shoot bears? Wouldn't shoot a bear that was like chained up. Oh. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. So. No. Nah, he was too cool for that. He would no. He would have hunted the bear. Let it go. Bit. Put some honey on my belly. Let me fist fight this mother grabber for a second. And then we'll see who's brain supreme. <laughs> Then we'll see who's on top. What's up? Walks softly, carry yeah. a big bear beating stick. He was a pretty cool guy. That's cool dude. But that's not really good fodder for not our podcast. Even here nor there. Why are you distracting I don't me? Know. With Let bear me baiting? get back to sleep you know walking. I love talking about bear baiting. <laughs> not so that I understand. I think I've confused two things. By the way, the bear baiting I think is different from chaining up a bear, and letting Theodore Roosevelt shoot it. <laughs> I think it's, it sounds very different. It's a very different. I didn't know bear baiting. bear baiting was a thing until exactly is when you, what, a minute ago when you started you talking about fight it. Fight a bear, like okay. just fight it, like well, Hercules. That's kind of cool. That I mean, yeah, except they except, probably drug it with honey. Oh, well, no, that's <laughs> is it. Pooh bear? Get it sleepy? Is it Winnie the Pooh? They fist fight Winnie the this Pooh. This is horrific. They were terrible people. Why are you distracting me? Tell me about like who who you said who wrote about it. Okay, so because nobody really understood it, and it wasn't seen as a medical problem, but more of this kind of exciting mystery and intriguing topic, um, it was fodder for a lot of um, you know artwork, so so to speak. Mm -hmm. Shakespeare wrote about it. Mm -hmm. Most people are familiar. Lady Macbeth sleepwalker she was sleepwalking mm -hmm. and and that revealed a lot of the um kind of understanding of it is that on some level you know lady Macbeth during the during the daylight hours when she was awake was not confessing to her horrible crimes but at night as she sleep you know she was sleepwalking she the guilt would overcome her and she would have to confess mm -hmm. which was connected to if we understood it at all it was well we might in our sleep reveal things we wouldn't reveal otherwise hmm. which made it more exciting and there's an opera um, and a ballet, I think, Bellini wrote about. Wow. Uh, about sleepwalking. So I'm assuming we were probably blaming it on 
God or Satan or something. Right? And that, the, pretty much. I mean, in the beginning, we really didn't know what caused it, but we weren't that interested. Um, through the medieval times, obviously, we have to link it to religion. So it's either the, it's either God working through you, or on the flip side, it might be the devil. Best to just get out of the way. Yeah. I, either way. <laughs> either way, it's something you probably don't want to. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to get too entrenched with. Um, later on, it was seen as a we did, we did that whole episode on epilepsy. Mm-hmm. It was seen as related to epilepsy. Um, Is that accurate? For whatever reason. No. But okay. for some reason, it, it became connected to that if you were epileptic, um, that you might also sleepwalk. It was kind of uncontrolled movements. Okay. You can't control yourself in some way. Uh, there were attempts in the 1800s for people to actually start describing it in some sort of like medical way. Um, and they were differentiating between natural sleepwalking, which is somebody who just, for whatever reason, was a sleepwalker. And then the sleepwalking events that are brought on by maybe hysteria. So somebody, they have some cases of people who were grieving, who would walk in their sleep. Um, hypnosis. As hypnosis became popular in the late 1800s, there were people who would walk around under the influence of hypnosis, and obviously that was different. Or illness, you know, people with fevers would sometimes walk in their sleep. Mm -hmm. Um, And so they begin to kind of divide this out without any explanation as to why. Um, And there was this kind of sense that maybe it had something to do with your spinal cord as we begin to understand the nervous system. Your spinal cord's working, but your brain isn't. Yeah, maybe. No. 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 But that was the best they had. Um, there were others who saw this as some sort of evidence that maybe there, maybe there's just maybe it's our soul. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is what happens when the brain's asleep at night and the soul can take over, or maybe some outside force, um, because there were some sleepwalkers who were noted to even those who would walk around with their eyes open, because sleepwalkers can have their eyes open, Ugh. would write music or or great texts or one um, minister wrote sermons and they actually covered his eyes while he was writing to see if he could continue to write and he was still writing even though that you know his eyes were open but he clearly wasn't seen but so. the, it was just it, his sermon quote unquote was really just a big list of you might be a redneck if jokes <laughs> that he had heard so it's not like i mean it wasn't very moving or profound it's crazy how old those jokes are. It, it really is. They didn't even have rednecks. It transcended time. And ironically, those made him a lot more money than his sermons ever did. It's weird. He never did it any. And that is how Jeff Foxworthy was born. <laughs> Jeff Arias Foxworthy, AD 1400. The end. This is what we've been leading up to on Sawbones. So this thanks for listening. This is the dramatic series finale. <laughs> Jeff Foxworthy. Uh, some of these cases, in retrospect, were probably other sleep disorders. Uh, kind of what we talked about, people acting out their dreams, people who talk in their sleep, not necessarily the same thing. Night terrors, that's a, that's a different class, related but different. Um, and nobody really knew what to do about it. Uh, for the most part, it was considered harmless. So they weren't like freaking out to fix it. They had like other diseases that they could not even begin to understand that were actually hurting people. Exactly. So somebody who just, you know, wakes up laying in their kitchen that's not particularly concerning. Yeah, hi. To my brother's arm just turned black and fell <laughs> off. So, like, I, just stay out of my way while you're walking around asleep. I guess. I, I read one uh, one suggestion um, that they actually were they used at a school for boys, uh, which was they would have the sleepwalker sleep in a bed, share a bed with one of the non sleepwalking students, and they would tie them together. Sure. Because then. Why not? 
when the uh, when the sleepwalker would try to get up out of bed. He would wake up the non-sleepwalker. Uh-huh. But then, and then I thought, oh, well, that's clever because they would wake up the non-sleepwalker and then the non-sleepwalker could wake them up and prevent them from hurting themselves. And no, what they say next is then they could jerk back on the rope and make them fall and wake themselves up. <laughs> that's a very lazy approach. So one way or another, I'm sure that worked. Uh in the 1900s, we actually started um, doing like investigation, and one of the first people to really start digging into this was Baron Karl Ludwig von Reichenbach. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was a guy of many talents. He had a PhD in philosophy, but he studied chemistry, geology, metallurgy, um, all kinds of stuff. He also wanted to establish a new German state in the South Sea Islands. That was a project for about five years. Huh? He failed at that. Sure. As we as we know, um, he was an admirer of Mesmer. Ah, yeah. Followed in his footsteps. He studied magnetism, and a lot of his work on magnetism is actually pretty solid science. But in addition to that, he came up with the idea of something called the odic force. O d i c the odic force. Said, what is the odic force? Well, the odic force uh, controls and propels all of human life. It is within us, around us. Everything that is living is filled with this force. It's similar to magnetism and and heat and, uh, you know, a lot of other kind of elemental forces, electricity, things like that. But it but it's different. Mojo and it's essential. from the Austin Powers films. It's mojo. Basically mojo. That's where it comes from. Got it. <laughs> or the force, if you prefer. Yeah. Named for Odin, the Norse god. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is where the sleepwalkers come in. So he wanted to study this force. Um, and it permeates all living things. So you'd think it'd be easy to study because it's everywhere, right? Uh, but the thing is, only sensitives, people who he deemed sensitives, could see the force. Okay. And he was unfortunately not one of them. Sure, right. <laughs> Which is a crazy theory that he came up with when he wasn't one of them. Yeah, a, a, it's a terrible curse that he had to deal with, that he couldn't see these incredible forces. But he learned a lot about it um, because he later went on to say it has a negative and a positive. It has a light and a dark side. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, it's the force. That it comes from the hands, the mouth, and the forehead, but you can't see it. So how did he figure all this out? Well, he got sensitives, and then the main way he recruited sensitives is he looked for sleepwalkers. Kind of based on the idea that sleepwalkers were attuned to this odic force at night when they were asleep and allowed it to guide them. Whoa. So, so they were doing like useful things that the Odic force wanted them to do. Exactly. Or just following the rhythms of the universe or something. Or whatever. Or whatever. Um, the only way you could see the Odic force is if we put you in a dark room for a really long period of time. And wait, is that anybody or just sensitive? Just sensitives. Okay. So, so basically he recruited sleepwalkers. He wrote about all of their nocturnal you know wanderings and then he put them in dark rooms and waited for them to see the forces and i you know they must have said they did because we have all these facts that he collected about odic forces he probably w- just wanted to get out of the dark room <laughs> yeah i see it whoa man i'm really freaking out it's like crazy or whatever can i go please i'm starving and it's freezing in this stupid room this this didn't really help us at all with sleepwalking with understanding sleep no but um the odic force uh has persisted some people still believe this idea of some sort of vital force and they'll even call it the odic force is true um it's been the subject of popular culture it's in books and video games and Jeez, stuff oh, Pete. 
Well, so. did we have any like actual hard science on this, like actual people studying this? Well, I'd like to answer that question for you, Justin, but um, unfortunately, you've fallen behind on your payments again. So oh, I have figures. Just when I'm about to get to the good part. Yep. That's how it always happens. I'm going to need you to head down to the billing department. All right, let's go. We have just started rehearsing for the summer theater. That's right. Summer starts in March around these parts, and that means we don't have much time at all in the evenings to make dinner. But we will not be just consuming Wendy's, uh, although there will be some Wendy's consumed. But we are going to have a little extra help with Factor, which delivers ready-to-eat delicious meals right to your door. And not like junky stuff you get out of the freezer aisle, whatever. This is real high-quality, chef-crafted stuff that in two minutes you're ready to eat it. I'm talking about some Southwestern-style turkey and mac. I think this week I'm going to be enjoying a shredded chicken taco bowl is 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 part of my plan. Um, but they got, like, fancy stuff. Listen to this. Where are you going to get this? Truffle butter filet mignon. I mean, seriously? From, from, from a, a box? Pre-prepared, all I got two minutes, I'm eating filet mignon. That sounds delicious. Yeah, it sounds delicious. And you can give these a try. And it's not just these meals. We're talking pancakes, smoothies. They got some great wellness shots that are surprisingly delicious. And the meals you just eat and eat. There's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup. Get as much as you need by choosing your meals every week. You're going to get exactly what you want. No surprises here. Uh, and the meals, I can say, are delicious. So what do you got to lose? Head on over to factormeals.com slash sawbones50 and use code sawbones50 to get 50% off. That's code sawbones50 at factormeals.com slash sawbones50 to get 50% off. Sydney, you know how you're always saying that you'd like to build a Justin McRoy fan site full of all your favorite quotes, clips, videos, and hunky pictures of beloved podcaster Justin McRoy? I don't remember. Well, there's that- no need to wait any longer, Sydney, because Squarespace is going to make it easier than you could possibly believe to make a website uh, all about your favorite hunky podcasting superstar. I don't think I was going Squarespace, to— Squarespace, what is it? It's a tool—think of it as— the palette, the palette of a web design artist. But you don't have to be a web design artist. You could just take stuff off the palette that is created by real people that know what they're really doing and put it from the palette onto the easel. The metaphor is broken down. Basically, you're going to be able to create great-looking websites that have fantastic customer support and help you unlock your creativity and do whatever you want to with your small business or podcaster obsession. You can sell products. You can uh, post your videos. You can share your stories about how Justin has shaped your life and is also a fantastic father. Folks, you got to stop waiting to make your Justin McElroy fan site. Go to squarespace.com slash sawbones for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch your Justin McElroy fan site, use offer code sawbones to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Okay, Sid, I give up. Who is studying Odic Forces? So, or, uh, I'm sorry, sleepwalking. Nobody in their right mind is studying Odic no, Forces. Only the Baron was studying Odic Forces. Well, there are a lot of people since then. But uh, as far as sleepwalking goes, of course, Freud had to get in on this. Oh, uh, yeah. He's not going to miss a trick. He said, you know, I know what this is. This is, this is the unconscious is taking control 
at night when you least expect it. <laughs> and and it's a physical expression of your unconscious desires. It, two, one of two things. He had two theories. So this is either an attempt to act out sexual desires at night in your sleep, which is odd considering that most sleepwalkers just kind of wander around. I, I sexually want to sneak downstairs and eat crunch berries <laughs> sexually. I, I think that that portrait you ordered downstairs was probably a sexual desire. Well, on some it level. wasn't an unconscious desire. I very <laughs> consciously wanted that. So that maybe that rules me out. I don't know. The, the other the other theory was that uh, when a sleepwalker, you know, gets out of one's own bed and starts wandering away from it, that they are attempting to return to their childhood bed. Very literally, they're trying to get back to the the bed that they slept in as a child. I think he was just taking a shot in the dark here. I don't think he knew. No, I don't think so at all. But these fall right in line with everything else Freud thought. So there you go. It's either about sex or your childhood, right? (laughs) Or your dad. Um, Which he didn't say. But in the 50s, some of the, uh, in, we're talking the 1950s, some of the biggest researchers into sleepwalking and, and parasomnias said that this did have something to do with your dad. That they, they agreed with old Freud that it had something to do with your unconscious, but they said it was a result of repressed hostility towards your father. Why? And what? at night you would get up and try to act out your aggressions Towards your dad or whatever authority figure. Okay, so figure. good news, parents whose kids are sleepwalking. If you are worried that they were going to go to a knife, uh, go to the kitchen, get a knife, and try to kill you, that is definitely indeed what they are attempting to do. That's the whole point. There are there are sl- Manchurian Candidate style sleeper agents, <laughs> literally sleeper agents that are in your home, in your child's bed. You sing them off to sleep. Tour Laura Laura. Oh, Kong Shu Kong Shu. You go to your bed. What's that? Is that a Chucky doll? No. It's your child who's been activated by his rage towards you. Sleep tight, parents everywhere. Is this what Little Nemo was about? <laughs> Is that how it ended? I never read the, the end of that concert. No, was the that the last panel? That's how it With ended. him murdering his father? That's how it all wrapped up. Now, well, don't worry, moms. Apparently, it's just dads. No, just dads. Uh, the thing is, with the invention of the EEG later in the 1900s, um, we started to understand sleepwalking a little better uh, because we could see that you were in this very deep stage of sleep and not actually, as I said, in REM sleep when you're dreaming. So it's not like you're just acting out dreams or trying to get get to do stuff that you don't get to do when you're awake. You're actually in very deep sleep where your brain is, is very uh, inactive. Hmm. But... As I said, it happens in the first third of the night. So your body has just settled in. Hmm. So that's one of the theories is that maybe it's that your brain's not doing much, but your body hasn't calmed down completely. Why exactly that hap- that manifests as sleepwalking is still not completely understood. Hmm. Um, and then, then that goes on to explain why maybe kids are more likely to sleepwalk than adults. Uh, their brains are, you know, they're really busy. There's a lot of development going on. You think about the difference between, you know, a newborn and a five-year-old. Think about how much stuff you learn and are able to do in those five years. Sure. Yeah. Do you think you're gonna you're gonna change that much in that kind of period of time? Well. So I mean, you you know, that's so that kind of explains why kids might have hmm. might be more that's likely to to sleepwalk. Can I ask you a question? I've always heard that if you if someone is sleepwalking, you shouldn't wake them up. Is that true? 
That is actually not true. It's okay to wake a sleepwalker. Oh, yeah. Okay, the good. the main reason that that grew out of was um, you don't want to startle them if they're in some sort of precarious position to make them fall. Hmm. So uh, that's why a lot of the time they'll tell you the best thing to do with a sleepwalker is just to gently guide them back to their bed. Or wake, don't them, wake up them up with a hug if you're strong. Well, if you're going to wake them up, just don't startle them. Wake them up gently and make sure they're not like, I don't know, standing at the edge of a cliff or something or on a... One of those steel girders at like a construction site. That seems like something that might happen. Like in a Popeye cartoon. Exactly. Okay, good. Yes, I, I agree. That seems like an, an, a, not an ideal place to stop a sleep bar. If it's your child, they'll probably grow out of it. Um, if they don't, there's, there's therapies, there's behavioral stuff, there's some meds that can help. Mm-hmm. It really depends. The main thing is keep uh, dangerous stuff away from them. Maybe lock their bedroom door so they can't get out. Okay. Um. I want to know, though. I want to sleepwalk. Maybe I'll just put up a baby gate. Although you can't lock their bedroom door, because what if there's a fire? So you can't do that. No, you certainly can't. No. You just want to keep them from... You want to keep them away from stairs, and you want to keep them... You don't want sharp things near the bed. Right. Keep their windows Seems shut. Seems like that's a pretty good rule overall for yeah. kids. Not, not lock, but shut. Yeah. yeah, just try to remove dangerous stuff that they may get into while they're... Okay. Um, if you develop this as an adult, go see a doctor. Got it. Yeah, that's that's unusual, and you should check in. Okay. So, what I think is interesting about sleepwalking is, as as Justin, as you tried to do early in this episode, it's been used as a great defense um, because m- many people can just claim they didn't know what they were doing uh, and they did, you know, some sort of crime while they were sleepwalking. Ah, very clever. As I like re- that. As a result, there, there have been multiple examples of uh, murder trials throughout the years where the defendant claimed sleepwalking as their defense. And wow. sometimes they've been successful. And then other times they've been thought to be lying and, uh, you know. Like who? So Give me the quick bullet points. So, okay. Most recently, 2008, uh, Brian Thomas was on holiday with his wife in Wales when he claimed that he dreamed she was an intruder and murdered her Ooh. accidentally while he was asleep. Uh, he was acquitted. Yikes! Which but that's not how sleepwalking I works. I know. I know. Wow. They could have used enough. our expert podcast testimony in that <laughs> trial. Uh, there was a woman in Australia who was having sex with lots of strangers while she was sleeping. We should say, just to be clear, we don't know all the details of Brian Thomas's trial. I have no idea. There could absolutely be a legit reason. It's yeah. Just not doesn't seem how sleepwalking works, but maybe maybe that's what happened. Who knows? Maybe he had REM sleep. You know, sleep disorder. Very possible. Um, there was another man who uh, was under a lot of stress. He had some history of some substance abuse issues. Uh, in the middle of the night, well, uh, sleepwalking, drove to his in-laws' house, in-laws house and murdered them. Oof. And he reportedly had a great relationship with them beforehand, so it was a really weird case. That's super strange. Um, I think the best, though, the, the last case I want to tell you about is a French detective named Robert Ledru. This has to be the subject of some movie I just haven't seen. Uh, so he was asked by the local police force to help them investigate a murder that they couldn't crack. Mm-hmm. So uh, he started trying to figure out, you know, who murdered this person, and he discovered footprints at the scene of the crime. What was unusual about the footprints is that the the big toe of the right foot was missing. In the footprints, they were bare feet. Somebody did it, you know, walked there with bare feet, but their big toe was missing. Okay. What was especially unusual is that Robert himself was missing his big toe on his right foot. 
Holy crap. And he remembered a morning that he had woken up with wet feet. What? So he turned himself in. Was it him? He believed it was him. He presented his case and said, I did this. Um, he had contracted syphilis before, and he said he had had episodes of sleepwalking, he believed, as a result of the syphilis. So they locked him in a cell until they could prove it. They kept him there and watched him every night, and sure enough, he eventually walked around in his sleep. Holy crap. So he was exiled out to the countryside, kept under watch by guards and that's nurses rough, for Robert. the rest of his life. Sorry, it's a bad know. break. Interesting story, though. Um, that's going to do it for us for sleepwalking. Thank you so much uh, f- for listening to our program. Uh, we hope you've had as much fun listening as we've had uh, recording it. Uh, thanks to people tweeting about the show, like Reggie Clark, who actually tweeted to Dr. Drew that he should listen to our show, which is pretty cool. <laughs> uh, thanks to Alice DJM, uh, Alex, Alec DJM, excuse me, Stealing Zen, John Williams, Seth Macy, Burton Taylor, Sarah Jamie Green. Uh, Michael L. Hoffman, uh, Dally, Hayden Peters, Kristen White, Billy Bob, Angela Goff, so many others. You guys are all the tops. We're at Sawbones on Twitter if you'd like to follow us there or tweet about the show. You can use the link sawbonesshow.com. That goes straight to our home at MaximumFun.org. Speaking of MaximumFun.org, we've got a lot of great programs there for you to check out. That's Uh, right, we do. Jordan, Jesse, Go, The Goose Down, Judge John Hodgman, Bullseye, a great show about pop culture you should check out. Uh, uh, Gosh, Song Exploder, Lady to Lady, Ono, Ross, and Carrie. My Brother, My Brother, and Me. Oh, thank you so much, Sydney. They're all waiting for you at MaximumFun.org, along with our forums. Go there, discuss this week's episode and every uh, episode of our program. At MaximumFun.org, there's a new family waiting to welcome you in. Thank you to the taxpayers for letting us use their song, Medicines, as the intro and outro of our program. And most of all, thank you so much to you for listening. We will be back again with you on the very next Tuesday. Until then, I am Justin McElroy. I'm Sydney McElroy. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, don't drill a hole in your head. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.